verses 5 through 15. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into the room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is God's Word. Thanks, Mike. All right, let me start by opening us with prayer. Almighty God, we thank you that you give us your Word, and in that we can learn more about how we can be better at loving you as you are the one who loves us first. Lord, I do pray for this passage as we walk through it, and I pray for us as a church as we go through this, that you will impart in us not an action of this morning, but an action of our life. Pray that you will allow it to grow as we grow, and allow us to better serve you in all that we do. Pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning. So, as some of you know, I'm Nathan Holloman. I'm an elder here. Um, I am not a pastor. I will say, though, that I have preached before. Some of you are here. It was the shortest sermon in Two Rivers history. I started, the fire alarm went off, and we left. I promise that this will also be a short sermon, although maybe not quite that short. Um, to start with, who here in the room has one of these guys? Who has it with them right now? Okay. What about one of these guys? I don't see as many hands. It's interesting. As I've been thinking through prayer, and we'll go through this passage here, one thing that came to mind is intentionality. When I was in high school and college, I was uh, dating this young lady, courting her, if you will. And I know I'm old to, to a lot of you folks, um, but we didn't have texting. We didn't really have, we actually didn't have email. We had computers, and we actually had email, but it involved getting out of where you were, going to a lab, logging into this weird DOS-looking system, figuring out how to type it up and send it. And by the time you did all that, it was actually easier to do something with one of these guys, which was pen a letter. So I realized as I started thinking about intentionality and this young lady that had my fancy, that I always wanted to do certain things whenever I was writing her. First and foremost, I wanted to make sure that I addressed her in the most sincere way. So instead of saying, yo, okay, her name's Angie, she's here. Um, instead of saying, yo, Angie, I would always start it with, my sweet Angela, or the most beautiful woman in the world. Something along those lines, because I wanted to make sure that I set the very beginning of this is the, the, true, um, 
the true meaning of why it was important to write to her. The second thing I would do is I would always start with why I was writing. Now in my days it was usually like, I'm writing you because I'm working 40 hours a week and I really long not to be in class. Or it could be that I'm writing you because we just won the ultimate Frisbee at Clemson University. Pretty proud of that. Something along those lines. But mostly it was writing to say, I long to be near you. I miss you. Um, There was always a petition. That petition usually involved, can I come see you? Can we go on a date? Something along those lines. And then there was the hope. And the hope at the end of it was always along the lines of, until we meet again. Until we see our future become our today. Something along those lines. And what I want you to think of as we look at this passage is the intentionality behind what Christ is calling us to and what he's calling us to do. So in doing so, I'll start by saying that the main focus of this and what I'm going to speak of today is I'm going to mainly focus on the passages from um, what we traditionally speak of as the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father who art in heaven. Um, I will also speak to a little bit of the beginning and a little bit of the end, um, but I want us to think of when we pray, how should we pray, and why should we pray. So what I'd like to think of when we think of this is that first and foremost, to frame the introduction, and when we pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in synagogues. There, there are some people who will take this part of the passage and say, okay, whoa, we shouldn't do corporate worship. We, we should not be publicly proclaiming our prayers. That's not at all the intent of this passage. Um, obviously, there are, are plenty of other passages that come together. For example, Matthew eighteen twenty says, Where two or more are gathered in my name, I am in the midst of them. Um, there's also um, coming from, you know, it is an important part of the church that um, in Acts 2.42 we learn that the early church did pray together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the work, fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. So you'll notice here at Two Rivers we have a theme. We like to stick to those themes. One is we do like to devote ourselves to the preaching and teaching of the Word. That's what I'm going to attempt to do today. Appreciate y'all's patience in that. Two is we do believe in fellowship. Fellowship's a big part of what we do as a church. Uh, there were a bunch of you that I saw last night. It was a wonderful part of time of fellowship in which we got to experience all kinds of variations of chili, um, but it led to some sweet conversation, some fellowship, some time together. Um, just one thing I've learned at Two Rivers, having been here for a while, is that in the last few years, I think our fellowship has grown sweeter. I think it's really become more intimate in that. And I think part of that is because we have experienced some changes and trials and tribulations, but more importantly, we see Christ in each other. And so that's what I want to call us to, is, is that fellowship. That's part of why it's so important to us at Two Rivers. Um, the breaking of the bread. As you all know, we don't break bread. We yank it really hard from this wonderful uh, homemade bread that we get. Um, but at the same point, it's breaking, and we're, we are um, celebrating communion. We're not doing that this week, but we do celebrate it twice a month. We put intentionality into that. It's very important that you know that relationship as, as brothers and sisters to Christ and His body and His blood. And the last part of this is prayer. You've heard some of the elders and some of the others when they get up here and preach on Sundays or, or get up to do part of it. We always talk about the, um, the corporate confession prayer. We talk about, we usually do an intro prayer. Um, we also do a prayer for the people, which we're going to do a little bit in a hybrid fashion here in a few moments. But 
The reason for that is because of the important part is we can come together. Christ can own this service without us. However, He has blessed us with the ability to come before Him and present to Him what He has put on our heart. And oftentimes, I will readily admit that I don't know how to pray. I think we all probably go through seasons where we don't know how to pray. Um, when I was a kid, I had a great-grandmother whose name was Ma Hannah. Um, my oldest, her middle name is Hannah, after her. She was one of the strongest Christian women I ever knew. Uh, she was very impactful in my life. And one thing I can remember is she lived in this little two-bedroom, um, I guess it was a condo at the time, back in those days. Um, but beside her bedroom, between the bedroom and the only bathroom, there was the Lord's Prayer. And I can remember being, I don't know, maybe 10, somewhere in that age, and I asked her, why is it there? And she said, so that when she wakes up, she'll be reminded the first thing to pray. And before she goes to bed, she'll be reminded the, the last thing is to pray. And if she doesn't know what to say, there it is, mapped out. So I want to walk through this and talk through why we're going to pray. So in doing so, the first thing it talks about is, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Drawing back to my intro with my letters to, to Angie, we want to set the course of who we're talking to and why. We're not just talking to anybody. We're talking to God. We're talking to the Father. And where is He? Where, is, where He is is very important. For where He is is He's sitting on His throne up in heaven, and there's a promise of what's to come. We know the fulfillment of that, and we've seen parts of that through Christ and through the Holy Spirit in us. But there's still more promise yet to come. Think of it as a level set of why we come before Him. It's also a great reminder to praise Him. He's bigger than we are. From there, it goes into the next part of your kingdom come, your will be done. And that's that promise. No matter what we do, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. The give us, um, oh, in your, um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, reflecting of the fact that what we do here is not in vain. While there is a promise of a new heaven coming on this new earth, we have work to do. We're called to a purpose. We get to participate actively in a relationship with Christ. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So the give us our daily bread part is kind of easy to me. I want to make sure that I have my needs provided for. Um, we see it too often. We know. We feel the pinch. I'm sure there's been a point in every one of our life where we're going, wow, the month is running faster than the money. Or the money's running faster than the month. Or what's going to happen there? Um, there's some of us, you know, maybe even in this room, who've struggled with, where's that next meal going to come from? Where it gets harder, though, is, is when it transitions into the forgive us our debts. Oh, and also, as we have forgiven our debtors. That's a reminder of our action. It's easy for us to, be, to, to ask for forgiveness of what we've done. But how often are we willing to forgive those who have done it to us? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Does anybody fall into that category? I mean, temptation runs, runs his gamut in a lot of ways. Um, I, think, I, think, um, I think we all know where the impacts are in our life, but what's important is, is to know that you have a God 
who protects you. He gives you bounds. He gives you, um, he gives you a conscience. He gives you fellowship that will call you out when you're falling into that temptation. Again, it's a collective um, part of why we pray and why we do what we do. One thing is, as I've read through this um, that I thought was very interesting is, I never really caught on to this until, I love this prayer. Like I said, my whole life it's been impactful to me. But I never really caught on to this until this past, well, really the past couple of days because <laughs> it's been a little bit of, a, um, of, of, of getting all the information together. But it's the pronouns that are used in here. Anybody ever caught on to that? Anybody ever read this passage and realized it doesn't say I? It doesn't say me? It says our? And, and I mean, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's a, to me, it's a further showcase of the fact that what God's calling us to is, is not a singular. It's not a selfish. It's not a me. It's a we. Not the royal we. <laughs> um, but, but it's a we. Okay, so it's an easy enough walkthrough. Nathan, I've heard this since I was growing up my whole life. What, what does it mean to me? How can it be impactful? Well, let's talk about the benefits Praying together. I kind of want to focus on that. What are, what are some of the benefits of praying together? Well, one thing is it's more prayers, right? I mean, think about it. If there's three of you in a room praying or ten of you in a room, that's a lot more people covering and lifting people up. Maybe, um, maybe in doing so, it gives an opportunity for some, some growth because it may be that you're learning some, some things about the person who's praying that you didn't know before. Or maybe more importantly, you're hearing someone pray and is speaking to the Holy Spirit in you about how you could pray, or how you should pray, or how you shouldn't pray. Um, there's growth in that. There's growth in the, in the ability to be in community about that. Another thing that, that prayer does, and another, um, it harkens back to why we do fellowship. It's a sense of belonging. It draws you in. When you pray with someone, you get to know them better. They get to know you better. Um, through prayer and through Christ in you, that can strengthen those relationships, can strengthen those bonds. So what does all this mean? One thing I've been thinking about a lot, and this is my personal confession to you all. Um, I mentioned this to the session, and I will convey it to you all. I feel that I feel a burden for prayer. When Tom was announced that he was sick with the flu, I felt like it was the Holy Spirit opening the door for us to pray. Not for me to get up and go through prayer, um, but for us to pray. I want us to be a church that prays. I want us to be a church that knows we pray. Um, there are people in this room who I've been blessed by because they know something about me and have come to me the following Sunday or the following Tuesday or whenever and said, hey, I've been praying for you about, insert whatever the reason is. I've had the privilege of doing that with many of you as well. I see us growing stronger as a church when we grow in our, we take, well, I've been reading a book, or pardon, I shouldn't say I've been reading a book, I've been listening to a book. Um, The book is called The Hell with the Hustle, and believe it or not, it is a Christian book, supposedly, we're getting there. The one thing that the book talked about, and I told Angie this, um, that really spoke to me this week as well, and this is where I want to transition us as a church, is it talks about goals versus foundations. We could set a goal as a church to say, you know what, and we've done this in the past, where we're going to, we're going to do a day of prayer. 
we're going to do a prayer retreat. Or if Chris McClellan were here, we're going to do a prayer advance. Um, the problem with a goal is, is it works you to an end date. It works you to a, a goal, which is great, but usually once you reach your goal, you hit it and you're done. Where does that leave you? I want to think of a, how we can maybe grow that into a foundation. We know a foundation is in prayer. We've talked about that. I mean, Scripture is pretty clear in Acts about it needing to be a part of what we do in worship. I'd like to think that as a church, we've longed for prayer, whether it's Billy graciously opening the service with prayer or whether it being um, you know, the, the prayer in the middle or whether it's uh, the prayer I opened us with today. Whatever, whatever it is, we like to see those foundations. But how do we grow it so it's not just a couple of us up front, so it's all of us as a church? We want to make that a foundation. So how are we going to do that? I promise you all a short sermon. But in order for it to be short, I need you all to participate. So what I'm going to ask of you is I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer. And in doing so, I'd like to kind of walk you through a framework of something that I've participated in the past and it was a sweet time and I'm hoping that you all will join me and enjoy it as well. And what I'm going to ask is, is for the congregation to divide into three groups. And in these three groups, I want us to pray. And I have kind of an idea of what I think that framework should be, but I want you to take the framework and run with it. So in those three groups, one group, I'd like to start with community. It's one of our C's, if you look on our bulletin. Community could be, you know, small groups. It could be that neighbor we have. It could be our outreach, missions. Whatever it is that's on your heart to pray for, I want you to pray for The second group is going to be two rivers, the church, the body. What I would ask, selfishly, is that you pray for our leaders. Pray for all of our leaders. We've got deacons, we've got elders, we have wonderful um, staff. Um, We've got Justin in the back. We've got um, Tom, who's sick, who's been helping lead and facilitate worship. We have ministry workers and leaders in our church who are taking care of hospitality Wonderful chili cook-off is an example. We have nursery workers. We have youth, Converge. We have um, children's worship. In just about all these areas, if you look around, the workers are few. But where we can get strength is in praying for one another. Ask Christ for those deficiencies that we may have. Um, So in that, maybe we're praying for our volunteers as well. Um, I'd like to kind of throw another area that Two Rivers needs prayer. We have a wonderful search committee who's been laboring for, I I, I don't want to look at them because they'll correct me, but a year and a half laboring, looking for who will head, who will be the pastor, who will make it so y'all don't have to hear me up here anymore. We've got an amazing opportunity that's coming before us. We're praying that God will open wide that door or he will close the door. Make it abundantly clear. There's a lot coming. You've seen an email already about that. I'd like for you all to pray about that. Pray for that person. Pray for that person's family. Pray for the search committee and their families. They all need it. We all need it. The third area I'd like for us to pray for is, um, well, just think of it our needs. Kind of a general bucket, needs and compassion. You heard mention our budget. As you can see, we're running a little slim. Let's pray for that. God can deliver anything. 
Um, pray for help. Maybe you know someone who, who is sick. Maybe you're sick. You know, make, make those needs known. Um, pray for, you know, maybe it's praying for an opportunity of where we're worshiping. You know, we, we've, we're in a space right now that's not a, it's not a church seven days a week. We are blessed to make it a church on Sunday mornings. I'd ask that you join me in praying that maybe we find a full-time permanent home that somehow in God's economy would check all the boxes, help the budget, allow this new pastor to come in, allow Nathan not to preach, and no. Um, but these are all things we can be praying for. Um, but lastly, what I'd ask for you to do is when you pray, pray for the opportunity to listen. Pray for the opportunity to hear. In all of these areas, we get to petition God. What I've found is if I'm willing to listen and I petition God, He'll answer. And pray for us as wisdom and how we respond. So what I'm going to ask now, I'm going to give you a couple of little ground rules. I'd like for there to be three groups, and just to make it easy, we'll say that um, the Two Rivers group will pray over in this corner. I'm going to ask that the... Um, actually, no, I'm going to flip that. The Two Rivers group, I'm going to ask to pray outside the nursery. Pray for those guys. Pray for them while you're out there. So the community group will pray in here. And then um, the needs group, maybe we can have them go outside to the, um, to the cafeteria, around the corner to the cafeteria. So there are three groups. The idea being is five to seven minutes. We're not going to spend a lot of time. And what we're going to do is, is, and I will prompt you, is we're going to each go to every group. So it's going to give everybody an opportunity to pray. If you are not led to pray, know that one of the joys of praying together is, is when someone next to you prays, you get to experience it. You get to be a part of it. Being silent in prayer is still active praying. So do not feel that you have to pray if you're not led to. Um, I will also ask that you know your audience. For example, if you're praying for something that someone's needs, and those needs maybe aren't public or shouldn't be public, don't, don't bring specifics into the equation. You can pray over someone. God knows the details. But lastly, be respectful to everyone as they pray. Um, I will say that one of the fun parts of praying in public, and this is something that I experienced when I became Presbyterian, I didn't grow up that way, is, you know, there, there are people who, as you pray, will pray along with you. Rejoice in the amens that may come. Rejoice in the, the hallelujahs. Rejoice in whatever is coming along because it is part of being active in prayer. So what I'd like to propose, you can break it up however you want, but perhaps it's just easier to do rows because I think we have... Um, Maybe just do, well, I'm looking at the groups here. I'm not good at it. This is where I need one of these engineers to come up and pre-plan everything for me. But break up into three groups. How about that? Just go, go to a group. We'll rotate. And what I'll do is I'll call us back um, to close this in a minute. Um, but what I, I kind of want to leave you with as, as we're thinking through prayer, and I know I'm kind of forcing you into this, so I apologize. But I want you to think as you're going into this, about your heart and your relationship with God as it pertains to how we live in community and in fellowship. So as you're going forward in prayer, be bold, be strong, but be willing to be humble and broken. So with that, I'm going to ask everybody to go break up. Like I said, five to seven minutes. I will prompt you all to shift, um, and then uh, I appreciate your participation. Okay, as we're coming back to our seats,
Just a couple quick questions. Who thought that was a little awkward? Anybody? Okay. If you felt like that was normal, you've been going to a different church, that's great. Because we've never done this before that I'm aware of. Um, I want to say that um, who, fe- who felt like that was beneficial? Okay. Anybody enjoy it? Anybody think we should do it every Sunday? No, don't raise your hand. I'm just kidding. We're not, we're, um, I will say, first of all, we have some visitors here, and I'm grateful that you're here. I really am. And I want to somewhat apologize because this is somewhat of an unorthodox service for us. We don't normally do this. But I was very moved by the fact that you participated with us. Um, we want to be the church that does this sort of thing. Maybe not in this capacity, but in some capacity. So thank you for joining us. Um, I'm going to close this with a prayer real quick, but I want to make mention of something because I'm going to ask you to join me at the end of the service by reciting the Lord's Prayer as is in Scripture. But in doing so, does anybody notice anything unique about the Lord's Prayer? Maybe look over it real quick in the bulletin. Maybe it's a little different than the way you said it growing up. It's different than the way I said it growing up. I'm not talking about the trespasses versus debtors part. But no, it, it ends with, and lead us not in temptation, but deliver us for evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen, right? Where's that part? I really got kind of bothered a little bit last week or last few days I was looking in that. It was actually not in any of the normal scriptures when you go back through text and you try to dive in. It's been added on. But at the same point in time, it is his kingdom forever and ever. So by all means, let's shout that out when we go forward. Um, so let me close this in prayer here. Lord, thank you for this time that we could get on our feet and move. Thank you that we could use our words Um, to petition you, to glorify you. Lord, I pray that everything we've done here today is not in vain, but you will instead help us to grow it as our foundation. Help us to continue to nurture it. I thank you that brick by brick, you've already been building that foundation for us. Lord, be with us as we continue through the rest of the service in this week. In Christ's name, amen.